0: And the scenes you saw there, the beach and the sea, that's from the Mediterranean Sea, the uh, Syrian Sea off the coast of Syria. Well, have a wonderful uh, Father's Day to all of you. In case you don't know, it is Father's Day for many of the Asian countries in your Asia at this present time. It's Sunday morning. Wishing all of you fathers a day filled with warm memories unconditional love and total peace. Oh, wow. I God bless all of you here. And we want to say thank you to God for difficult situations in life. Sometimes circumstances we can't control where a father has passed away or maybe, maybe stationed on the opposite side of global military duty. And it's just not around. For those single mothers and stepfathers who have to raise children, in this case of stepfathers, not their own biological children, grandpa, grandma, uncles and aunts, and sometimes big brothers and sisters who have to raise their younger kids almost as if she's the parent because the one parent has to work. Sometimes in case both parents have to work. And of course, let's not forget the expectant fathers, fathers to be. It's a time to rejoice and look forward to all of you, so God bless all of you. But most of all, we say thank you to our Lord and Savior, our God, Jesus Christ, our Savior. Well, uh, how did Father's Day begin? Is it really an American idea? Well, it it is and it is not. You see, uh, no country had a Father's Day per se. But Father's Day began... See, when a very godly woman by the name of Sonora Smart Dodd, she's the daughter of a Civil War uh, sergeant who served in the Union Army. While attending church service one day at the Methodist Church, she heard a sermon on Mother's Day, and she loved her father dearly. She admired him as a person who's a strong leader, but full of love and compassion who when she was 16 years of age, a mother died, leaving her as the only girl in the family with five younger brothers and a father with loving care, care for all the children, even though he was by himself. So she dearly loved her father, and she sat in the pew at the Methodist church and says, why can't they have a Father's Day? Something to honor fathers. So at the local Methodist uh, Ministerial Association and then the YMCA, she petitioned for something called Father's Day. It slowly caught on and slowly got accepted and passed and adopted by various state legislature, eventually signed into uh, an act of the President of the United States and became a national observance. Set aside as the third Sunday in June, She wanted to be on June 5th, which was the birthday of her father. But the first uh, Father's Day, they said, oh, there's not enough time to prepare for everything. So they set aside the 19th on that very first, I mean, June, yeah, 19th on the very first Father's Day. Well, Father's Day in China was first celebrated in Shanghai on August the 8th. And it should be no surprise to many of you, if you look, see very carefully at this uh, return here and a postmark here. dated August eighth, and it's because in uh, many Asian cultures, the language for eight, or in Chinese, papa, sounds a lot like papa, in Chinese. So they chose August eighth instead of June third, Sunday June, but August eighth here. Now, when we look at see Asia, well, the People's Republic of China after nineteen forty nine. Uh, no longer celebrate Father's Day. Though individually some may do so, but it's not in anything official. But it's still widely celebrated in other places throughout Asia, Hong Kong, Malaysia, Macau, Singapore, just like uh, in the United States, uh, which also does. So in the Philippines, Japan, and Vietnam. And Taiwan. August the 8th, as I had mentioned, and Thailand, they celebrate on December the 5th. That's the birthday of the emperor, the king of Thailand, who they say was sort of like a godlike figure who's the father of the nation. So that became their Father's Day. Well, here's some Father's Day well wishes. You may wish to give your father if you're Chinese. And if you're not Chinese, you would give something equivalent. But this will help you understand how Chinese may observe it and I'm sure there's many wonderful customs throughout the world, whether they are in the Hispanic culture or other European or African cultures. And of course here's the standard Dad, Happy Father's Day. Or the one, Dad, I love you, Babano Oine. But usually Chinese tend to and I think a lot of Asian tend not to use the word love. It seems to be too, mm, too intimate. Uh, usually children would say I love you to their parents or couples that are dating but adult children they're not the user I love you though it's not wrong to say it's just kind of shy to do so and instead they oftentimes would say what's well, so the number three all right uh, means "ah, oh, you work so hard because it's understood that Sacrificial work is a sign of love. That when you work so hard, you're, you're showing your love. And, and number four here, thank you for raising me, which is oftentimes used uh, at weddings when, see, the bride when the bridegroom would say, "Thank you for parents, thank you for raising me." It's a common thing. Well, in Ephesians chapter six, verse one to three the scriptures read as for children obey your parents in the lord because it is right the commandment honor your father and mother is the first one with a promise attached so things will go well for you and you will live for a long time in the land so we're talking about obedience and honor that means respect and this is something that uh Asian parents oftentimes will look forward to respect in one's children. But outside, respect and care, which is what all Asian parents and all parents of all nationalities uh, would desire to see in their children. After that, Chinese typically show love through food and money. What do you think is the most common Father's Day gift in China for those who observe it? Well, you said food taken out, that's it here. All right. All right. Ba Go change the head Or see. Go chang the mean, let me take you out for a meal. Of course, I mean, you pay. You don't expect the parents to pay. To treat him out to a dish that he likes, whatever he likes, and to show respect and to give him attention during his time. That is the number one gift in China that they give on Father's Day for those who observe Father's Day. Oh, they say also, Dad, here's a toast to you. It's common to go around and say something good. Of course, you wouldn't want to say anything bad or anything negative. So if there's any negative emotions or problems, keep it outside of the dinner or the lunch. Don't bring it to the meal table. That's not considered appropriate or polite. To say, Lokine here's a toast to you. And typical is to wish, I wish you great health. I wish you a long life. Health and prosperity, health and longevity. These are the two things of great value in many, many cultures here to give a toast to. A uh, third one could be, Dad, I can give you a massage. Look at that. to see a cute little drawing. Here you see a mother. These children, you have to remember, mom would take care of you when you were just a little child still sucking your thumb, washing your feet. When mom gets old, should you not wash her feet, give her a massage? But it isn't good enough for you to do it only. You must pass it on to your wife or to your husband to teach them, they must also honor grandma and grandpa too. And it doesn't stop there. You must teach the grandchild so that they will learn from your example to care for grandpa and grandma when they get old. What a wonderful way to spend your senior years with your parents and your children, grandchildren. And there's this Chinese symbol, how which means, it's a difficult term, but it means filial piety. And the new contemporary modern greetings for that. Hey dad, you're awesome. And then to give some, who knows, surprise gift, as it is, who knows what that might be. Well, filial piety comes from the Confucian culture, which is deep respect. And it's said to be the foundation of virtue and the root of human character without see, filial piety respect for your father and mother you cannot have a stable society and you wouldn't know what is true virtue how to be good and kind in first john chapter 2 verse 14 uh, john would you like to read that for us <clears throat> yes okay uh first john 2:14 Uh, Little children, I write to you because you know the father. Parents, I write to you because you have known the one who has existed from the beginning. Young people, I write to you because you are strong. The word of God remains in you, and you have conquered the evil one. We need to be like parents. We need to be young at heart. We need to be like trusting little children. To know that there is a father. And because we can teach others that we have known that God the Father existed from the beginning and to know the Word of God. We know that, friend, the prayer of Jesus, the Lord's Prayer, when the disciple teaches how to pray, he began by saying, Our Father who art in heaven, holy is your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. We do have a father who's in heaven. Do you know your father in heaven? How well do you know him? Do you know him on a personal level or just as a figure of speech? Well, the apostles uh, wrestled this question. In John 14, verse 7, 8, 9, 10, 11. And verse 8, Philip said to the Lord, Lord, show us the father and we'll be content show us the father we we know you talk about god but can you show him to us and jesus said in john 10:30 i and the father are one he is in me and i am in him it's his words that are speaking through me he said in john 14:9 he who has seen me has seen the father when you see Jesus, you see the father. If you look at my father, I wonder if you can see me in it here. Here is my father, and that's me when I was young. And guess who that little girl is there? That's Julie right there. There's my mom and his my son Timothy with baby Julie here. And my father here. When you look at some of the characteristics here, uh, I bet you uh, Julie and Tim could say, hey, that sounds like my dad. Here's some things my dad taught me. My dad would always say to me, hard work never hurt nobody. Of course, that's not good English, but that was his broken English. And he would say to me all the time, always tell the truth. Honesty is the best policy. And when I would go out, he remind me, "Stay out of trouble." because a lot of times there are people who are looking for reasons to cause trouble to us, so we understand. And he says, "Always love your mama." Well, I hope when my children see these things that my dad taught me, can see that in many ways, I am a chip off the old block. My dad was like that. He taught me those things here. Jesus said in Luke 15, 11, verse 13, a portrait of the father. The prodigal son, Jesus said, a certain man had two sons. The younger son said to his father, father, give me my share of the inheritance. Then the father divided his estate between them. Soon afterwards, the younger son gathered everything together and took a trip to land far away, and he wasted his wealth through extravagant living. The Jewish law required that the younger son must get one third, the older son gets two thirds. And Jewish law says that they give it to them after the father has passed away. But for some reason, the younger son must have demanded, I, I, I want my inheritance now. That's a mark of a spoiled kid. Say, I want it now. But the father, a portrait of the father. Let's see if we get, see if we can understand the father a little bit more. Father would listen to him. He was reasonable. He wasn't hard-nosed. God, in life fashion, sometimes would give us freedom, even though there's a risk involved. Too much freedom can lead us into trouble. In Deuteronomy 30, verse 19, we see what's laid before us. I call heaven and earth as my witness against you. I set before you two paths, life and death, blessing and curse. Now choose which way to go. God give us freedom to choose, even though there's a risk we may choose a different route. In verse 14 to 17, When the young man had used up all his money, a severe shortage, a drought occurred, and he began to be in need. He hired himself out to one of the citizens of the country to do one of the lowest professions to feed unclean animals, pigs, unclean according to Leviticus, chapter ten and eleven. But after working with the swines, he longed to eat his fill from what the pigs ate. But no one gave him anything. Finally, he came to his senses. How many of my father's servants have more than enough food? And here I am the son starving to death. So here we learn something more about the father. He allowed the son to make mistakes. He allowed the son to fall. He didn't go chasing after him. And he treats people well. He treated even his servants well. Today, it'll be like employees. He didn't try to scrape every last penny out of them and try to cut them out of their benefits. He treated them well. See, God makes it rain on the just and the unjust. To those who don't want to believe in God, saying, why does God allow the innocent and the good people to suffer? We must understand that God allowed the rain to fall on the just and the unjust. But we must look beyond the unfairness of and look to Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. God did not spare his own son to pain suffering. So the young man said, I will go up to my father and see them. Father, I've sinned against heaven against you. I don't deserve to be called your son. Take me back as a servant so he got up and went to his father but while he was still a long way off his father saw and ran to him hugged him and kissed him with compassion here we see the father like he painted his portrait by rembrandt the famous dutch painter the very last painting he painted before he died was the return of the prodigal son 1669 some of us said it should be called the parable of the loving father, a, par- a portrait of Jesus, a portrait of God. We see the compassionate father who's not afraid to show his emotion, to cry, to weep, to hug, to kiss. A California State University professor, I one time had in psychology, one time said in class, life is cheap in Asia. There's so many people in Asia. He talked about a case where he was on a boat and see the river in Thailand. The boat was loaded to uh, almost to was tipping over with people. And he saw a mother who's worn and haggard with children, and babies climbing all over her. And the boat hit a rough wave and the baby that has an arm slipped out her arm and fell into the river. And to his amazement, He was stunned no one said a word the mother looked worn out and just allowed her child to fall into the river and drown perhaps according to a buddhist way of looking to go on to a better life because of such great overcrowding in asia he said life is cheap in asia but the bible is not like that god is not like that in luke 15 verse 7 the bible says if, if even one soul is baptized in christ there's joy and rejoicing in heaven over one soul he cares for every one of us here in verse 21 24 then his son said father i've sinned against heaven and against you i don't deserve to be called his son but the father ignored him and said quickly to the servant put Bring out the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Fetch the fatted calf and slaughter him. And let's celebrate with feasting because my son was dead has now come back to life. He was lost and he's now gone. You see, the son wasted his inheritance. If you look carefully, you see the sandal, the heel is all worn out smooth and it's coming off. The clothing was torn and tattered. So much you see his uh, knee and his thigh and calves show between the hole on the back of his clothing. And you see the calluses on his worn feet. You see on his face, if you could see larger, the face swollen and the hair is shorn. Maybe he cut it to sell it. We don't know. The son wasted his inheritance on prostitutes and on gambling and on riotous living. But the father doesn't hold that against him. He doesn't wave his finger and shake his finger at him and say, I told you so. He doesn't dwell on the past, but he's celebratory. I am thankful for the present. My son who was lost is now found. It's back here. But his older son was in the field. He came in, he approached the house and heard music and dance. He called the servant and said, hey, what's going on? And the servant said, hey, your brother has come back and your father has slaughtered a fattened calf uh, for a celebration. Then the older son was so angry. I don't want to go in. But his father came out. Thank okay? You see, the Father is conciliatory. He wants peace in the family. In Matthew 5, Jesus gave him a beatitude. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. He doesn't want us to fight and argue. In fact, the Old Testament repeatedly talks about people, all they do is go around rabble-rousing, gossiping, causing, stirring up trouble. Jesus says, Blessed are the peacemaker. So the older brother said to the father, Lord, I've served you all of these years and I've never disobeyed your instruction. But you've never had a party for me for me and my friends. When this son of yours returned after riotous living, you have a celebration party for him. It's not fair, we sometimes think. It's just not right. It's not fair. Well, the portrait we get in life is that life isn't always fair. But God is always faithful. God is same yesterday, today, and forever. But we must accept this fact. God is, life isn't always fair. I remember when I was uh, studying at the Buddhist temple when I was younger. I remember the Buddhist priest who uh, was teaching us martial arts and teaching us Tai Chi. And he would always use me to beat up on, to twist my arm, to extract pain from me. Occasionally he would do it to others, but also back off. But he would do it to me, and i said, say, oh, gosh, I hope he doesn't call on me. Oh, he calls on me again. Think you've hurt me. I said, Well, he's gonna probably call someone else. He said, why He called on me again? I said, I say to him, why doesn't he call on someone else? Well, after much pain, and I felt he must not like me. He kept picking on me. And one day the priest said to me, Alan, do you know why I choose you to demonstrate all the time? Is this? Uh, no, why? He says, Because I love you. Well, he didn't use the word love. <laughs> he meant that. He says, Because you can tolerate pain. And love means that you sometimes have to hurt someone so they learn. To teach other people, and because you're strong. So, after he told me that, wow, from that moment on, whenever he hurt me, it never bothered me again. So, from that moment on, I realized that accepting pain was a way of life. Then his father said, Son, you are always with me, and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive. Should we not be rejoicing together? You see, God knows how to give good gifts. Matthew 7 11. God knew the gift to give to the older brother, a stable lifestyle, full of the blessings of everyday life. But he also knew how to give a gift of joy to a son who has been redeemed. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Heavenly Father give good gifts to those who ask him? God knows how to give good gifts to us. He gave it to us in his son. This is the lesson of the day for us to understand. And that is that God cares for us, God loves us, and God will do what is best for us, even though we may not fully understand it here. May the Lord bless each and every one of you on this Father's Day.